0: The Penguins and Capitals will write another chapter in their storied rivalry tomorrow night in D.C. Hunter and I are going to break down that and more on this edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back in, hockey fans, to another edition of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Patrick Damp. You can follow me on Twitter at Synonym4Wet. Joined as always by my esteemed co-host, Hunter Hodies. You can follow him on Twitter at HunterHodies. You can also follow the show's Twitter at L-O- underscore Penguins. Before we get going today, we got to let you know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get up to $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduelcom slash locked on to get started. So as always, we thank you for making this your first listener watch of the day. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're recording this at about four o'clock on Thursday. And tomorrow night, we get to watch what I'm dubbing to be the AARP Cup as two old-storied rivals are going to go up against each other in Washington, D.C., in Sidney Crosby's Penguins, as well as Alex Ovechkin's Capitals. And I will say, jokes aside about these two teams being in the, the twilight of probably the best eras of both franchises, this is going to be a bit of an odd one for the Penguins because tomorrow night when they head to DC and they drop the puck at 7:30 that's going to be not only the Capitals home opener, it's going to be their season opener. So that could be something that works against them tomorrow night because Caps have had essentially a week since the end of the preseason. They're playing their most fierce rival on home ice to start a season and if there is one thing that both of these teams right now have in common. It's that everybody's starting to write the retrospective Uh, Washington capitals, man, the Alex Ovechkin era, what a time it was. They finally break the curse and get over the hump in 2018. They have the greatest goal scorer in the history of the game and Alex Ovechkin and everybody's talking more about what they've done and whether or not Alex Ovechkin will break the goals record rather than can this team make the postseason and maybe make another run to the Stanley Cup? So, Hunter, when you look at this roster, what are you seeing? Is this a team in the Metropolitan Division that could sneak into the postseason?
1: I think if everything goes right for them, they can definitely sneak in to the playoffs this year. I think especially their top six has to perform, and this is especially a big year for Evgeny Kuznetsov. You know, There's been a lot of talk about him, Trade rumors, I think, especially for the last year or two, had that bombshell of an interview. I believe it was in Russia about a few weeks ago where a lot of stuff came out. This is a big year for him. And if he doesn't perform that well, I think he could find himself out of Washington after this year. You discussed about Alex Ovechkin. He is the greatest goal scorer this league has ever seen. I'm sorry to you, Wayne Gretzky. I am sorry to you, Mario Lemieux. It is Alex Ovechkin, and then it is everyone else. His numerous 50-plus goal seasons – stand out above the rest he is still performing at this level despite being 38 and did you know that he was 38 before i just said that on this show because it's crazy that he is
0: no i know he was a little bit older than sid but knowing he's and i know it's not that much but it's still like i didn't i thought they were mostly the same age but still um also for the kuznetsov thing i think a lot of that was he just didn't like la violette and now with spencer carberry in as the head coach he's probably a little bit happier, so we'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, I mean, you look at this roster, and the guy who I'm keying on more than anything, Connor McMichael. He's a 22-year-old, and he's pretty damn good for a 22-year-old. And if there's one thing this roster has, I would say, a little bit over the Penguins, is they've got some youth. There's Connor McMichael, there's Sonny Milano, and there's a guy like Rasmus Sandin on the back end who's pretty – not, he's not older, but he's you know a youngish player. So maybe this team having a little bit of an infusion of youth could help them in the Metro division. Obviously, we love Kyle Dubis on this show. He will be regretting that Rasmus-Sandine
1: trade. I don't know what he was doing there. Sandine can play. He has really good underlying numbers. It's no surprise that he's playing in their top four to start the year. It's no surprise that he's playing on the top pairing with John Carlson. And I think having Carlson for hopefully a full year for them will be big because when he went out last year, I think the caps kind of went out with him. And I like the point that you brought up with Peter Laviolette. He just wasn't a good fit for them. Just stylistically. He likes to preach a lot of defense with his structure. The Capitals are not really going to play that kind of structure. Let's be real here with the top six they have. And we haven't even gotten to TJ Oshie who feels like he scores every game against the Penguins in that same spot, 15 to 20 feet, Away from the net, you have Tom Wilson, also who I'm sure lives rent-free in some Penguins fans' head still, but he hasn't done anything bad in the Penguins, I feel like, in at least a few years now. Knock on wood, at least. Let's hope nothing bad happens in this game. But there is still quite a bit of talent, I feel like, on this team. Another player who I don't think you brought up that I think could play in this game, Matthew Phillips. That was a sneaky good addition of the Capitals made over the summer. In the AHL last year, he was with the Calgary Flames. Played sixty six games, thirty six goals, seventy six points.
0: You put yeah, up a when of you... numbers
1: in the AHL. There is a good shot that you should be in the NHL to start the year. He, he made the team. Curious to see if he played because it's not clear right now if he's going to be getting that spot over Anthony Mantha. And I don't really think Anthony, Anthony Mantha is that good, but he can definitely play. Then, of course, Dylan Strome too. He, they, he's on a steal the contract right now. He had twenty three goals, sixty five points, eighty one games last year. The Penguins are going to have to be on high alert for him.
0: Yeah, and when you put up those kind of numbers in the American Hockey League, those are numbers that jump off the page because 20, 25 goals, 40, 45 points it's not nothing, but when you start getting to that 30 goal range, 30 or more goal range, 70 or more points range, that's that goes into the level of domination, especially in a league where it's not like the National Hockey League where you play all seven, you have a chance to play on all seven days of the week. Chances are in the AHO you're playing on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday with the occasional Wednesday sprinkled in. So that's an impressive feat in a league where you play a lot of games in a short amount of time. So, yeah, I agree. That's another player that the Penguins, if he goes into the lineup tomorrow night, are going to have to keep an eye on.
1: I agree. And then obviously, I didn't even bring him up, but I should have. Nicholas Backstrom, I hope that his hip injury is pass behind him because man when he's healthy he's awesome i think he's probably been one of the most underappreciated players in the nhl over the last decade and a half he's an incredibly gifted passer is great along the boards especially on the power play when the caps power play is humming is a treat to watch and the penguins we'll talk we'll discuss this in a little bit we all know who they have to defend on the power play it's on that on the left side of the ice obviously But they still have quite a few other playmakers on that unit. They have Carlson's bomb from the point. They got Backstrom's passing ability from the boards. Kuznetsov can fire it from wherever. Oshie, we've already discussed. But I really just wanted to highlight Backstrom because he's had a great career. And I don't think enough people have talked about it. He's
0: just as much in this rivalry as Ovechkin is. Absolutely. The biggest thing thing for me that I look at going into this Penguins-Capitals matchup tomorrow night and at the risk of having this happen to me once again, going into another Penguins game, I look at their goaltending and I think it's suspect. Uh, I don't think Darcy Kemper that great. Charlie Lindgren backs him up. Uh, I mean, I said it before the the Chicago game with Morasic, but I mean, this is a goaltending uh, goaltending t- uh, pairing. And a defense in the capitals where I look at the Penguins offense and go, they should be able to score goals against this team.
1: You would hope so. I mean, defensively for Washington, we've already discussed Sandine, who's going to be a really good player for them. John Carlson brings a lot of offense, gives it a little bit back in his own zone, but still very good player. You got Nick Jensen, who I think is okay. Trevor Van Reefsdijk is a bit underrated. Martin Feverarvi, who some, for some reason, always pisses Sidney Crosby off. I don't know why Sid hates him so much, but it's always funny to see when they're both on the ice together, Sid just goes after him. I think he must have killed his cat or something. like yeah. that. I, I don't know. But to your point about Darcy Kemper too, last season, 909 save percentage. That's fine numbers, like averaged a little bit below average, but I don't think it's what Washington was looking for when they signed him to that long-term contract. I do think he's going to have to be better this year if the Caps want to get back to the playoffs. The Penguins had some good success against Kemper last year. He let in a couple suspect goals during the four meetings. Uh, Both games in Washington, he was kind of meh. And especially in that game in Pittsburgh, I actually thought he probably should have had that Malkin goal, the one that won the game with about a minute left. He was way off his angle there. Curious to see if that changes heading into this year because I thought he struggled against the Penguins last year.
0: Agreed. And we're going to keep it rolling here on some Penguins Capitals talk. We're going to get into what the rivalry has meant all these years and just some of our favorite memories from these two titans of the NHL clashing. But before we do that, we have to tell you about FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than now to get in on the action. The app's incredibly easy to use, and there is a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off this NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the National Football League. We're back here on another edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am one of your hosts, Patrick Damp, joined as always by the illustrious Hunter Hodes. And like we said at the top, another chapter going to be written tomorrow night in this incredible rivalry that has spanned almost two decades at this point. And obviously there were tons of matchups in the Lemieux Lemieux and Yager era, including Yager playing for the Capitals as well. But I want to keep the focus here. On the Crosby Ovechkin era, because if nothing else, these two teams have met up in some of the most incredible playoff series I think the league has ever seen. They have a winter classic under their belt, and it's just been an incredible amount of fun because as much as the NHL does struggle, in my opinion, to market their players, this was a rare example of them understanding, okay, one of the best overall players to ever play hockey in Sidney Crosby and the best goal scorer in Alex Ovechkin on the Washington Capitals. And not only are they in the same conference for the majority of their careers, they've been in the same division. So I know what mine is. I'm going to let you cook for a minute. Uh, What is your favorite Penguins Capitals memory so far?
1: See, it's close because obviously the Nick Menino one stands out above all else, you know, ending the series in 2016, sending the Penguins to the Eastern Conference final against the Tampa Lightning. And I probably will say that is my favorite moment. I would have the 2009 Game 7 right below it, kind of like a 1A, 1B thing, because the Penguins absolutely blew the doors off the Capitals right after Marc Andre Fleury robbed Alex Ovechkin just to start the game. That save will forever live in my head. If the Ovechkin scores there, it's a potentially Completely different game. But 2016, the way just that game unfolded, Penguins go up 3-0, you think, oh, this is going to be an easy third period. <laughs> and then you get one penalty. Then you get a delay game penalty. Oh, and then someone else takes another delay game penalty. And it's like, what is going on? 3-1, 3-2, 3-3. Heck, the Penguins, I felt like at times, were struggling just to get that game to overtime after the Caps tied it with how great their power play was. And then Nick Benino just breaks their fans' hearts in the overtime it was just a instant classic of a game and and I remember that whole series I was a senior in high school that year and I was there was obviously some trash talk I mean I know I've known quite a few Caps fans for a very long time I've lived in Virginia for 20 years before I moved to Pittsburgh and so there's quite a few trash talk you know during the middle school days then it goes over to high school and this is my final year of high school and so I want to all the Penguins to send them out on a sour note, right? And that series starts, Caps win game one, and I had people come up to me. I'm like, okay, you'll see. You'll see just how good this team is. Penguins win the next three. I went up to them, didn't really say much because I don't want to jinx it, and they started getting a bit nervous. And then after game six, I kind of let them have it a little bit. But that's definitely my favorite memory of the rivalry. But that 2009 series was also just absolutely electric. The dueling hat trick game, I'll always remember Crystal Tang's game winner in game three to save that series for the Penguins. Cause they lose that game. The series is over. Heck even 2017 in Washington, the way they just, what's the word I'm looking for in the third period where they just, they suffocated them. There we go. They oh yeah. Them. And that third period didn't allow Washington to do much of anything after surviving that storm. So many to think about, but I will still say 2016 game six is my favorite one.
0: It's Funny you say that because two things on that. One, funny that the, 20, the second ever playoff meeting between those two was your senior year because 2009, that was my senior year. So <laughs> <laughs> I also, it's my conspiracy theory and I know nobody involved will ever admit it if it's the case, but I will go to my grave believing after they confirmed the Nick Benino goal because game winning goal kind of thing. They always review it just to make sure Regardless, I am fully convinced whoever was working AV at Kinsall Energy Center that night turned up the volume on the goal horn because I don't think I've ever heard that goal horn blared louder than that moment. It was deafening. For me, you you kind of brought up the one memory that I hold dearest. It's one of two. In the 2009 series, it's the Chris Letang overtime winner. Because if they lose that game, they don't just go down in the series. They go down 3-0. They would have been on the brink of being swept if Chris Letang doesn't score that goal in overtime. And it completely shifted the momentum of the series. Because people forget, great as that series was for the Penguins and as back and forth as it appeared, the Capitals... Dominated the first two games and they dominated most of game three as well. So the Penguins looked like they were completely overmatched by the Capitals. And that Latang goal just planted that little seed of doubt, that little in. And and even though at this point it had been, at this time it was all mostly new faces in this rivalry, just that organizational doubt was there like, oh my God, this team, we can net like. It was like the zombie movie since we're in in October. Like they just wouldn't die. They couldn't kill the zombie. And it just kept coming back. So that was a huge moment for me. And everybody who follows me on Twitter is going to be stunned with this second one. It's Marc-Andre Fleury's Game 7 in 2017. Because I I it, there could not have been a better Swan song for that man as a penguin.
1: The Ovechkin's
0: is unbelievable. And just the fact that, again, similar to what I was saying about the Latangle, it was that moment where it looked like, because if you remember, the, the Penguins were well on their way to winning the series in 2017. They, they were pretty close to winning that series. And then the Capitals came roaring back. And it was another moment in the Capitals-Penguins rivalry pre-2018 where no matter how good the Capitals were, against the penguins they just could not beat them and sure enough they come out pretty solid in game seven and there's mark andre Fleury just saying nope you will not score a goal tonight you are not gonna put the puck in the net and we're once again gonna knock you out of the playoffs and i will never forget because it was in a highlight package at the end of that postseason one of the best broadcasters in the history of the sport, Bob Cole for CBC up in Canada. As soon as the buzzer sounded, he just went, and the Washington Capitals failed to make it past the second round again. And it was just salt in the wound and twisting <laughs> the knife. And as a Penguins fan, I loved it. As a hockey fan, I was like, man, I feel like Ovi's never going to get the cup he deserves.
1: And sure enough, we all know what happened in 2018 when the Capitals you know, returned the favor and they beat the Penguins at PPG Paints Arena in Game Six thanks to Evgeny Kuznetsov and doing that bird celebration that I know everyone in this fan base does not like. But that series was also really good, and it was, it was also a great really series. Close. Remember that Game Five, the Penguins were up in that third period; they were close to going up three games to two, sending that series back to Pittsburgh where they can clinch it and go to the conference final to play Tampa. But when they lost that game five to Washington, I was like, okay, this actually might be different because usually that would be the kind of game that the Caps would lose considering how the Penguins are playing. But when they won that, I'm like, okay, I think they may actually do this. And sure enough, Penguins played fine in game six, but I could also tell for a while there they were gassed that they, yeah. they look, they looked tired. A lot of that hockey caught up with it. I'm not taking anything away. From Washington winning that series, they fully deserved that win. They were the better team in that series. But I could tell in game six, I was like, yeah, I don't think Pittsburgh has it right now. And you know, kudos to the Capitals. They won that series, and that was, I think, the series that propelled them to win the cup that year over big. But it's just been a, such a fun rivalry. The 2009 one will always be so dear to my heart because it was Crosby and Ovechkin at the height of their powers. Seeing them go back and forth between scoring was unbelievable. And we saw Evgeny Malkin also – play his tail off in that series it was so much fun to watch and those all three of those caps teams even though the 2018 team was really good the 2009 the 2016 and the 2017 capitals teams were disgustingly good i don't think enough people remember that like you know president's trophy level higher good and the penguins were still able to win all three of those series I've I had so much fun watching this rivalry over the years. I'll continue to have so much fun watching this until both Crosby and Ovechkin retire. And it's funny, Sid and Ovi didn't really like each other at the start of the rivalry. Now they're best friends in the way they talk about each other to the media. <laughs> oh,
0: that—that's That's my other Penguins Capitals conspiracy theory, is that Crosby just didn't get hurt and not go to All-Star games. He didn't want to go because he knew he'd become friends with Ovi and just didn't want to get that involved. He just did not want to become friends with Alex Ovechkin and taint the rivalry. Because even though he is the prototypical hockey gentleman who's like, I don't actually hate my rival, I respect him. Like, you know, there was a little bit of him that was like, I'm going to hang out with this guy at the All Star game and I'm going to like him and that's going to suck. <laughs> So that's going to do it for us waxing poetic about the Penguins-Capitals rivalry when we come back for the final segment. Like we said the other day, yes, Chicago is only one of 82, but you can always tinker and make some changes with your lineup moving forward. We'll talk about that right after this. But first, we got to tell you about Sleeper. The NHL season is finally here, and will the Penguins have the season we've been waiting for since 2017? I love the NHL. Hunter loves the NHL. You love the NHL. That's why we do this. And I would like to tell you about the Sleeper app. The Sleeper app is the official daily fantasy app of Locked On NHL Network, and it's my go-to for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy. For someone like me who isn't all that great at season-long fantasy, Ask anyone who has podcasted or blogged with me. They'll tell you, don't invite me to your fantasy league. I'm terrible. So Sleeper is made for somebody like me. You can take all kinds of players. You can have daily fantasy across all leagues, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, college football, and more on Sleeper. You have group chat. So if you're going up against some of your buddies, you can give them a good ribbing if you're beating up on them. The NHL today has never been more exciting than it has been with players like Crosby, Ovechkin, and now McDavid, Matthews, Connor Bedard, and so many more. Just pick more or less on stats for these stars like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. And you heard me, Penguins fans, 100 times your payout on sleeper. So start paying attention and get your picks right, and you could win big. Use promo code locked on NHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply. That's locked on NHL see sleepers terms of use for details. We're back here on the locked on penguins podcast and we're going to finish up today's episode with kind of more of a overall look at the penguins as they head into a back-to-back this weekend with the Washington capitals and the Calgary flames. Now, we talked about it after the home opener. One of 82, no reason to light our hair on fire just yet or start ringing alarm bells, but doesn't mean you can't make some changes. And I would say one of the first things I want to see this team do more than anything is play a little bit differently systematically. They are an older team. They still have speed. They still have skill, but not as much as they used to. It's not twenty-six anymore. Right. We talked about this in the home opener recap. We saw a lot of it, especially with, and I hate to single him out because I'm a fan, in Brian Rust. A lot of moments where him and a few others would carry the puck through the neutral zone, get to the blue line, and try to beat three guys at once rather than chipping the puck in, going to work, getting the puck, and establishing possession, whether it's the cycle, whether it's just getting guys open in front, anything like that. So for me, when I watch the next two games, especially because they're playing a back-to-back, granted, It's Washington, it's Pittsburgh to D.C., then D.C. back to Pittsburgh. They're not going on any big swings. Real easy trip. Back-to-backs, you have to play simple. You have to play very simple hockey because you're going to play two games in 24 hours, and that's taxing no matter if you're an elite athlete or if you're a goofball like me who played college club hockey. uh, That's very difficult. So I want to see a more simplified game plan going into tomorrow night and when they come back for Calgary on Saturday. Right, I would agree with that. And as I, I didn't mean to interrupt you while you were cooking there, but
1: yeah, I mean, it's not 2016 anymore. It's not also 2017 anymore. You're not going to, what's the word I'm looking for here? They do have speed and skill, but it's not as much as they did at that point. You have to adapt. I think that's the word I want to use to where your team is now. They're a bit older. Yes, again, they can still skate pretty quick. They still have a lot of skill, but you're going to have to slow things down a little bit. I know the Penguins aren't built to win some of these 2-1, 3-2 games. They're built to win a lot of the 4-3 games, the 5-4, heck, even 7-6, 8-7 if we get some of those this year. But I still want them to slow things down a little bit, make sure they're not rushing into making some decisions. I get it. They want to play fast. That's how Mike Sullivan coaches them. But I still want to see that kind of adjustment made heading into this weekend and overall just this season. If we're talking about adjustments, though, for this game, I want to see the defensive miscues cleaned up in their own zone. I want to see, especially with that third goal for Chicago, Ryan Graves, we discussed it on the Wednesday show. It's got to be better with his stick there in that situation. He was kind of caught in no man's land. He's got to work on that a little bit. I want to see Marcus Pedersen learn to box out some other players in front of the net. He did not do that good of a job on Ryan Donato on Tuesday. I mean, if he's out there against players in the Capitals top six, namely Tom Wilson, that might not be a battle he's going to win, especially if you can't beat out Ryan to there. Tom Wilson is one of the best power forwards in the league. He'll score quite a few more goals this year. Contract's a bit much, but he's still obviously very, very good. That's something that I'm looking for for this game. I'm not super worried about the power play just yet, Pat. I still want to make sure that they're not being pushed to the perimeter overall And then for the penalty kill, especially, I I wanted to say this until now, just for changes. I do want them to get a little more aggressive against Washington. I understand you don't maybe want to overdo it because you know who is on the left side of the ice with Alex Ovechkin with his beautiful one-timer. They're going to cheat over there a little bit, but you're still going to have to be aggressive with John Carlson at the point because he can really boom it. Backstrom, very good passer. He can thread it to anyone. Kuznetsov is a great passer and a great shooter. And then we've already discussed Oshie and all that good stuff. So PK, I know I dumped on it a little bit during our last episode, even though they went four for four, but this is going to be a much stiffer test for this one. And a change, again, I'd like to see is them being more aggressive and please not allowing free zone entries with the talent that Washington can put out there on their power play.
0: Yeah, and speaking of that, I would like to see, since we saw it on on Tuesday, I would like to see Chris Letang on PK one. If you're not going to put him on the top power play, when you give Chris Letang a singular defensive mission, go out cover this guy. We saw it on Tuesday against Bedard. He, other than an assist, and yeah, I know he got a bunch of shots on a goal, but most of the time, Chris Letang was was. Covering Connor Bedard and he rendered him not ineffective, but minimized him. Yeah. So tomorrow night, first power play unit, Chris or penalty kill unit, Chris Letang. Do not let Ovechkin score from the Ovechkin spot. Get in his face. Put him hey. under pressure. Don't let him do what he does. And in that regard, I also would like to see at some point this weekend if they have the ability to do it, it's time for Big Z. He did way too well in training camp to be sitting in the minors. I don't think it's that big of a deal for him. I think he is an effective player. He's got the right attitude. It doesn't matter where he is. But the kid earned time to play in the National Hockey League, I think. And I'm still a little stung that they sent him down.
1: I'll hold my thought on that. But I agree overall – with what you said about Letang on PK1, just have him cheat a little bit over to Ovechkin. Not all the way, because you have other players on the ice that you're going to need to defend against on Washington's power play. But you still got to cheat over there at least a little bit, considering that's his office, and he scores quite a few power play goals from there. As for Big Z, I am still a bit surprised that they haven't made another roster move after setting this roster They came into the season 12-8-2. I'm surprised for example, John Ludwig is still on the team. I thought he would kind of be sent down to wilkes by now and maybe redeems a Hornet gets called up so you can do 13 forwards, seven defensemen and two goalies because, you know, God forbid someone gets hurt, they will have to call up another forward and I do think it will be big Z. I agree overall. I, if I were Mike Sullivan, I would have him in the lineup for this game. Now, who would I take out? It's hard. Maybe Jansen Harkins just because I didn't think he was that good in the first game, but I also don't know if I would want to mess up his confidence Confidence, excuse me, at the same time because you know, a player who doesn't have a lot of NHL games under his belt, you really need to see what he has. But the same can be said with Zuhorn. You need to see what he can do at the NHL level and in a sh- small sample size so far, it's been pretty solid. He played too good during camp in the preseason to be sent down to the AHL. If I were Mike Sullivan, I would make that call up or Kyle Dubas whatever. I know they're a group, it's a group effort here, people, but if I were both of them, I'll say that. I would maybe send Ludwig down to get minutes in the AHL, especially if he's not going to play at the NHL level, and then call up Big Z, put him in for Harkins at least for one game to see what he can do. And maybe you can kind of use that as a rotation throughout the year because I think that 12th forward spot, it's not set in stone. I think it's going to be a competition throughout the entire season. So overall, I agree. It is a bit weird that they haven't really made another roster move, but I hope it does happen at some point.
0: Agreed penguins capitals tomorrow night 7 30 p.m in dc you're gonna have to be on stream to catch this one it's espn plus and hulu and we will be back tomorrow with a late night recap of that one and previewing when the penguins come back to take on the calgary flames at ppg paints arena on saturday night thank you so much for listening to this edition of the locked on penguins podcast and we will talk to you tomorrow